You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome into your weekly crossover game day preview edition of All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward, myself, and of course, Jake Burns with the OBR Film Breakdown. How are we doing this evening, Jake? We're okay, Brad. We got some good football on the TV here on College Football Saturday, and then we have a fun baseball game hopefully coming up in a little bit. So hoping for as, as good a results as we can get with that one. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of fun. And, you know, we're going to be talking about the game, right? You're probably listening to this, you know, whether you're at the Muni lot or driving or whatever you're doing, you know, your your Sunday morning uh, pregame shorts. But it's going to be a monster day in Cleveland tomorrow. You know, game four guaranteed at in night in Cleveland. And of course, this one uh, at one o'clock. So a monstrous day in, in Cleveland. Very big day, and I, I think if we could just get the Cavs to play on the same day, right? This is the right. Uh, yeah, there you this go. is the penultimate the time of, of all three big sports up there. But yeah, very exciting. Good for the city. Good for people buzzing around downtown. So um, if you're there in Cleveland for either event, be loud and be safe. Take care of yourself too. It's always yeah, I, yeah, I trust uh, that it'll be a a very lively. Uh, fan base up there in Cleveland tomorrow. So uh, a lot of fun for the city. Let's uh, turn our view towards this game here, Jake. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Both teams are 2-3. and three. Uh, CBS is the TV side of this thing. And we get Kevin Harlan, Trent Green, and Melanie Collins on the sideline. Uh, I like Kevin Harlan. I'm a fan of Kevin Harlan, too. Just... Um... Feels like he calls games that matter. I don't know what other way to say it. I mean, between his basketball and sometimes he calls baseball. I, I like it. I like him. It's a, it's a good. It's a good group in this one. Yeah, I don't mind them at all. Uh, specifically Harlan, I'm a fan of. So that's good stuff. The weather tomorrow for this big day in Cleveland is going to be pretty beautiful. It sounds like mostly sunny. A high near 65. Winds six to 13 miles per hour is what I. I saw here, Jake, uh, Southwest. That that's pretty tame in the far as far as the wind department goes. Yeah, and the temperature just in general, pretty tame right there. I mean, sixties. It could have been in the fifties or forties at this time of year. You never know sure. with some unpredictability. So, that's my ideal temperature, Brad. You give me sixty, like sixty-one to sixty-seven. You know, this is strange, brother. I you know, there's like a people have a perfect water temperature if you got like sensitive teeth, if it's too cold or if it's you oh. know, like my perfect outside temperature that I find the most comfortable is that that sixty one to like sixty seven range. And this one's gonna be beautiful. A little sun to keep you warm. So it should be a fun day all around up there, and you can't really ask for much better weather in mid October, right? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, there, we're lucky to get this weather, as you said, mid October, and I agree. I'm a, I'm kind of a jacket weather person myself. I, you know, I'm most comfortable. You throw on a jacket, you know. I feel like that's that's perfect. You know, mid sixties, seventy. That that's ideal weather for me. Ideal weather, man. It makes makes you think of fall in Ohio, right? Makes you think yes. of fall in Ohio. So yeah, I uh, I think the weather hopefully 
being the way it is, matches up with some uh, winning outcomes. Yeah. All right. Let's look at this uh, all-time series between the Patriots and the Browns. Uh, Jake, 13-12. to 12, The Patriots lead by one game, and they've won the last four. So... Uh, and I think I saw that Bill Belichick is eight and two against the Browns all time. I think that's right. That sounds so, about right. That sounds yeah. about right. The Browns have, s- have snuck in some wins against those Patriots dynasties that you wouldn't expect during bad Browns years. There was like the Peyton Hillis game. I think the Brown. Well, and then there was another one. Cleveland went to New England and blew a pretty big fourth quarter lead. Uh, I was I was looking this <laughs> when we were all down and out in the the uh, Jets game uh, you know coming back from that thinking about other times that's happened the yeah. Browns blew a big one in New England so they've always played New England pretty tough there have been some blowouts but they've played them pretty tough for the most part so we'll see now last year was a blowout and I think the the first game back from Brady's suspension for deflate gate was a pretty big blowout in that one too if I recall I'm not looking at those numbers but those were two pretty big losses on Cleveland side I, I know Mangini beat him once with us, right? At mm-hmm. the end of that, was that Peyton Hillis game? I think it was a Peyton Hillis okay. game because it got him a lot. I think it might have gave him another year, essentially. I think I can't remember totally. Yeah, because he reeled off a bunch of wins at the end of that season uh, in a row. And then, you know, kind of uh, one of the things that I point to when we talk about, you know, how s- seasons don't carry over into the next one. So They do not. They, we uh, want them to, but they do not. We wish, yes, correct. Uh, point spread, you degenerates out there, get your uh, pens and pencils ready or whatever, you know. Uh, the Browns, minus 2.5 here at home, which is basically like a pick at a neutral site, I would guess. In uh, the over-under of 43. I kind of yeah, like Vegas does Yeah, Vegas doesn't know, doesn't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I actually think, Brad, I'm gonna I'm gonna zig to your your zag there. Okay. I'm gonna say it's low scoring. I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna say there's some field goals in this one and some frustrating like I think put it this way, both teams know what we're gonna talk about at the end of this, which is the key to the game in its entirety is stopping the run. And if neither of these guys can figure it out, if Bill Belichick can't figure it out, and if the Browns can't do, and if the Browns do nothing to figure it, if it's high scoring, I think it's inexcusable. Is my general point. Like if Cleveland sure. allows more than twenty points in this game, just completely and utterly inexcusable to have that outcome be in play. Given the things that you can tweak up, change, and move around to help your guys schematically f- stop the run, because it's Bailey Zappy, man. Come on, like you Bailey cannot, Zappy. I, I think I think you and I both talked to guests from New England this week, and they were really really confident that they were going to win this game i mean my guest andrew callahan predicted that they were going to win uh he was talking about the shift in in uh vibe up there this week like i mean i know new england generally thinks they're going to win because they've been conditioned to over the course of two decades plenty of games but it's just kind of crazy to me that you would feel that confident with a backup quarterback but again cleveland has given up two straight 200 yard rushing weeks so maybe you do feel confident there yeah uh christopher price uh, my guest uh, said the same thing. I, you know, I always ask that of my guests. I'm like, you know, what if you were talking to your fan base, right? Like just your fan base. I wasn't here. Like what? what's the narrative right now? You know, what's the thoughts? And he's like, they, they think they should win this game. And they think that this is a part in their schedule starting with this Browns game that gets a little softer for them. So if they were going to make any, make up any ground, it starts here with, for them this, this season kind of is uh 
a, a big pivotal point for them that they go get this win and so yeah they they expect to win this game and you know if you look at their roster jake it's not there's nothing overwhelming but this defense kind of scares me i mean they have some really good secondary pieces and they coach them up and they play hard man they they have a they have answers to a lot of things teams like to do like i think they're going to take away cleveland's outside zone run game effectively now how cleveland can counterbalance that and run in between the tackles with some gap stuff i think will be interesting but they're going to give Cleveland troubles running the football. This is the first game where I'm really like, okay, I think they might be able to keep them throttled down and under 150 yards or less, which is still a lot in the NFL, but that's not much for Cleveland, who's been running it so well. So, yeah, I mean, between Duggar and some of their pieces, you know, the Jones trio and the in the secondary, and you, know, you still have McCourty, and you got some guys that Judon, they, they, they're yeah. like the least interesting team, probably a team you wouldn't want to play with on Madden, put it that way. Sure. But they know how to win football games ugly. And they're feeling themselves a little, right? They went to Green Bay and played them to an overtime game with, with Zappy coming into that game. And then they they, they throttled they throttled Detroit and held Detroit to nothing. And Detroit had I mean, Detroit at 170 points coming into last week was one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL at that yep. point. So they feel like they're putting together some things around this this super young quarterback that are gonna make the game easier for him. Uh, let's, uh, you want to look at some prop bets real quick here, Jake? We can, um, in terms of player passing yards in this one, they don't even have a line for the fan duels who we usually go with just cause it's easy to digest. They don't even have a line for Zappy. They have reset at one ninety nine and a half as the over under. Yeah. I feel like that still can be a number he gets to. He's a one and a half passing touchdowns, which is typical. Chubb is sitting steady at 94 and a half. So they still Cleveland kind of. Still sitting at a uh, number of rushing yards between Hunt at 44.5 and Chubb at 94.5, where they think they're going to get close to that 150 number. They have Stevenson at 80.5. Yeah. Probably would take that if I were you, uh, yeah. as far as the over goes. Receiving yards, Cooper's at 51.5. Slight uptick from last week. David's number keeps creeping up, 36.5. His interesting matchup against Duggar will be very much worth watching. Uh, people's jones 33 and a half chubb seven and a half you know we like to take that around here for a screen pass it just feels like more often than not you'll hit that throughout the year so uh first drive result you know what i like yes you know what i like any other plus 550 it's always sitting out there for you what happened last week on the first drive that was a touchdown drive wasn't it it so was touchdown is plus 370 you still get some good you get some good odds on that one um that's that's probably it that's probably yeah. it. I don't I don't think there's anything you I can do. See. Here's a fun one. Amari Cooper to have six receptions and Cleveland wins is plus 320. And Joku to have five receptions, Cleveland wins is plus 340. And Jacoby Brissett to throw three touchdowns. I don't think he's thrown three in a game this year, Brad. I don't like no. that one at all. It's to, they're only getting plus 470 on a Cleveland win to Brissett throwing three touchdowns. So I'd probably stay away from that one. But, yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably it. You got your anytime touchdown score, Stevenson. Harris, Chubb are all minus on the spectrum of that. So you're you're giving up a little to get a little. Kareem Hunt's plus one seventy five. Cooper's plus one ninety five. I'm not. I don't. There's not any really good dart. Oh, there, there they go. The longer list of yeah. dart throws. Maybe a man. Um, a Jacoby Brissett plus four ninety quarterback sneak might be of, uh, of interest on that one. Um. Or you could take Pharaoh Brown for five, put five bucks on Pharaoh Brown to catch a touchdown plus twenty seven hundred. <laughs> there you go. 
There, that I like that. Uh, okay, so here's here's a one that I like actually. Uh, so, what do you think of uh, Harrison Bryant? I, I like the over uh, one and a hook on receptions, and over. What was it? Sorry, uh, I just had it. It's like eleven yards or something like that. Uh, receiving yards, no, thirteen and a half over thirteen and a half receiving yards. One yeah, catch, that, that seems two catches for Bryant. I don't yeah, two, know. I two feel for like thirteen. That's... Yeah, they just have to be throwing it a little bit, and he's got some opportunities, so I don't see yeah. why not. Uh, they only got what Jacoby Myers here as far as their receiving targets at fifty-five and at fifty-six and at fifty-five and a half. Sorry, did you already say that one? Um, probably, uh, but the the, the 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 New England receiving stuff is murky. It's really yes, murky. Who it is with them? It is. Um. Although he is having a pretty decent season out of all of their guys, Myers, right? I think yeah, very, very not, very not flashy, but he is their their yeah. guy out of the slot. Uh, nothing else spicy you want to uh, nail down here on these, uh, you know, prop bets, just degenerates out there, ready for this one? I got really very few. I, this is a game I don't want to bet on. If I were a sure. gambler, I would not want to bet on this one. This is sure. a very weird. Has potential to be a very weird game. So, but you get—I gave you some. We gave you some. So, yeah. take those for what it's worth. To 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 take those uh take those to the bank. There's a couple in there <laughs> that you can make some money on and, and give us some of the credit when you win. So there you go. There you go. I tend to agree. Uh, we're gonna come right back with our keys to victory as we always do. This is the crossover game day preview, OBR film breakdown, and all eyes on Cleveland. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, Jake, let's get into the uh, keys to victory here. We're kind of throwing the format out a little bit here, but let's let's start off with our first ones that we that we uh, start off here. Uh, I'll let you go first. What was your first key to victory here for the Browns over the Patriots today? Brad, we could spend time going back and forth. I don't think we need to. I think it, it comes down to run game stuff, man. Like, the team that runs it well is likely to win this game because, you know, if – I think Jacoby's capable to a certain extent, far more capable than I view Bailey Zappi. But if you can run the ball in this one, you've got a great chance to win. And we've talked all year, the formula, right? The formula is let's, you know, yep. time of possession, 15 more plays, all of that stuff, right? That stuff matters, and that's that's all rolled into it. But if Cleveland cannot stop Stevenson or Ramondre Stevenson from running the football and Damian Lewis, or sorry, Damian Harris, who I believe is playing as well, if they can't stop those guys from running the football, it's going to be an infuriating game and they won't win. They just, they won't win. I just have a bad feeling about that because New England is going to get some stops. They just, their, their defense is good enough to get stops. And if Cleveland cannot figure out a way schematically to help out some of these guys, like they're obviously going to be down clowny and that matters because they're not getting any new help. Deion Jones isn't playing and um, 
the defensive tackle they brought in, I cannot remember his name is, is still, is still not, uh, still, yeah, he's still not on the Tyler or whatever Davidson or something like that. Yeah. Oh, um, you're right. Tyler um, Davidson. Yeah. Yeah. He's bad. not, he's not active either. So like there is no additional help. So can you figure out a way to get your guys to stop the run? That's, that's what it boils down to there. There's other little granular things we could probably talk about, but I don't think anything matters other than finding a way to stop these guys. And, Cleveland, I think, will do enough. I think they can get to 17 to 20 points. But at that point, it's like if you've given up three touchdowns, it doesn't matter because you can't stop them. And a lot of it felt like there was just no answer to the issues that they were putting in front of them from last week. So we'll, we'll just have to watch that closely. I mean, we're forced to watch it, right? We have yeah. no other angle to go about here. A uh, question for you. So, like, we've been talking about this all week and hashing it out. I, you know, I hashed out with Corey on one of my shows, Corey Cannon, and then talked about it with some other people and stuff. But, like, the the run defense for the Browns, Clowney, obviously, not having him there is huge, as, we, as you just mentioned. But, like, okay, we've seen they're undisciplined. We've seen they've been poor tackling. As as if you're the defensive coordinator, what what are you changing here? Like what what can they do to affect change in stopping the run from week to week basis? And they've been so bad the past few weeks at this, Jake. Like, give me an idea of what maybe the emphasis is here besides just running your safeties up into the box and really trying to to, to load up. I mean, what you can do is change your fronts, right? You can put six down. They did that last year in Minnesota to try to take away Dalvin Cook in the immediate portion of that game. You can play six one, six two. You can you just need to shuffle people in. You need to play more bodies at the point of attack. If you can't play gap, true gap football, like then then in my opinion, you know, you 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 have to put more bodies in there to take away those gaps. You have to put them closer to the line of scrimmage. Now it's a bit different, Brad. You couldn't really do that last week because obviously Justin Herbert presents a whole other challenge. Yes. In my opinion, so it's it's a bit different. You de- you definitely can't you definitely can't go about that in the same nature because you know if you continue to overload the box, eventually Herbert can make you pay. So you you get a little fearful fearful of that. This game does have a different feature, which is Bailey Zappi, a quarterback, which is a, a, somebody you fear a bit less of taking advantage of being vulnerable in the pass game. So if the Browns are in too high at all in this game, it's a mistake. They have mm-hmm. to be in single high. They have to be gapped out in a run game, and I'd like them to vary how they go about their front. Like five down, five two, shifting four three under, walked up linebacker. Like they've got to do some different things. It's a true challenge of their football manhood in this one. Uh, not to go overly masculine there, but like it is. It just no, is. It like is. That's yeah. what New England is going to try to challenge them and take their will to defend the run. So. That is something that is going to be at display here because they they make it easy on the young quarterback. They want to run it all the time and have some simple concepts for him. But like to me, you know, as a defensive coordinator, you're fearful of altering a game plan largely because of hey, we're we're worried about this, that, or the other with the other quarterback. He could beat us in this way or that. I get it with Herbert, totally do, you know. But in this other realm, can they figure out a way to limit? Because they, you know, even when they played Atlanta, Brad, they they limited Mariota for the most part, right? He yes. only has seven completions. So it needs to be something similar to that and in a sense. And then, you know, take advantage of some of the things they didn't take advantage of their goal line situations in that game and the interception they had that they only had three points to return from uh, Denzel's pick in that Atlanta game. So that needs to be a similar, similar setup here to try your best to, to be more assertive in the run game. And again, I think you can do that by throwing more bodies out there, like changing your fronts, and then obviously playing simplified pass coverage because 
you're not afraid of the quarterback and you can keep your guys thinking forward forward momentum. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you this now. Uh, you know, I totally love the idea of, you know, mixing it up here with the fronts and showing them some different looks. And as you said, walking guys up and whatnot and maybe five, five guys, uh, five-man front, six-man front, whatever you want to do. Who who personnel wise do you think sees a bigger role? You know, you know Clowney. Uh, are they going to ask Alex Wright to step up here? Is it going to be Rochelle? Who 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 are they, they asking? That's yeah. it. Those are the guys. I mean, they have okay. nobody else. I mean, I don't yeah. know if Winovich is active. I'm not sure what you can do with that because he's not a great run game defender. That's largely why New England traded him to Cleveland. Um, you're going to see a lot of talky talky in this one. You're going to see. Yeah. Uh, a significant amount of maybe an extra defensive tackle, in my opinion. So you could see more of uh, Brian Elliott and Togiai. I would not be playing Perrion Winfrey very much in this. He's shown flashes as a pass rusher. He is not a run game anchor defender in the NFL right now. He's a massive Correct. liability. So, yeah. yeah, I think that those are – but that's it. There is no miracle to the personnel. These are a lot of – everyone's still here. It's just can they play better? They have to play better. <laughs> Yeah. They have to honor run fits. They have to they have to handle it the way they've been taught um, to handle it. Now, sometimes, like I said, there are some wrinkles you can do, run blitzes, things like that to help. But at the end of the day, they just have to be better at handling some of these things. And we'll see if they're up to the challenge. Um, last question for you, since we're, you know, abandoning the format here. And this is good. I, I get a chance to ask you a few questions here. Um, linebacker wise, you know, we have talked a lot about on our show, and I'm sure you have too, about Jacob Phillips and how disappointing he's been so far. Uh, is he still green dot this weekend? Is he still your – I mean, I, I, you know you said Deion Jones is not playing. Uh, that decision in itself was kind of alarming. You know, that when you make a move for a guy before Sunday night football's over, that's kind of alarming, right, um, on the day that you lost. But is this his last chance to kind of uh, redeem himself here at, at middle linebacker? I would think so. Yeah, I mean, he's he's. They're not going to change that right now. I, I think they're probably going to give it another week here to evaluate. Maybe it ends up being one of your safeties, your John Johnsons, or something of that nature. But yeah, he's going to do it again this week, and he has uh, again, like you said, one last chance to really figure it out and see if he should be. Not that it changes your total outcome, and I think there are ways he can still get on the field, but he has to be good. I, it's probably maybe nothing salvageable for him in terms of being the guy that they trust to do this stuff and be able to handle the role of a Mike backer. But him playing well would certainly go a long way to them winning this game because he cannot be a liability on simple play action like he's been. He gets lost in space uh, trying to, to figure out and feel out route concepts. He has no feel for them. And then he's he's been a liability in run defense as well, typically over pursuing or not getting to the gap he's responsible for or whatever yeah. or slow reacting so it's just a big game for him I mean, he's playing for his nfl life at this point i mean it's just the, the fact of the matter is he's a rookie who's running out of years on that rookie deal and he's going to be fighting for a roster spot is, is kind of the way it's pushing so he needs to put good tape on the on his uh on his resume and this is a good chance for him to play a good run team that he can he can do that yeah do you know play maybe he can you know kind of throw all the thoughts in his head out and just play downhill and aggressive and uh, give him that opportunity. I'd like to see, you know, he's been very disappointing and we've highlighted that and I'm sure you have as well. Uh, but, you know, you hope you hope for the best from, from him here in this one. You're going to need him. You're going to need somebody to step up. So, uh, big game. Browns need it badly. Uh, and and so, so do the Patriots. Uh, so, good job, Jake. Any final thoughts here before we get out of here on our game day preview weekly like we always do? 
No, they need to win. They need to win for their own morale and the fan morale, which I think is down right now. They've 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 put folks through the ringer three times on these losses, so they could use a win in the in the worst kind of way right now. Um, you know, I think all of us were mapping out how do they get to five, six wins, whatever, whatever. It's out the window. They just need to win ball games. Like find a way to compete and win ball games right now against a tough part of the schedule. So, um, yeah. But I just hope they show up. The defense shows up with a will to play hard. They play hard and they and they play. Um, I think that's all we can really ask of them. There have been times where they just have not played very hard, and I, I think we all just want to see them play harder. And um, hopefully, they provide that. Yeah, that's in, that's inexcusable stuff. It's got to be better there. They got the intensity level and the playing hard. That can't be something that you're questioning of your NFL team, uh, in my opinion, Jake. So good stuff as always. This has been your crossover game day. Every Sunday edition, uh, the OBR film breakdown, the great Jake Burns, all eyes on Cleveland, myself, Brad Ward. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm sure you've got uh, OBR stuff going on pregame tomorrow, Jake. Yeah, pregame, postgame, and then we'll have a podcast afterwards for your Monday consumption. So, yep, this uh, playback is down and out, it seems, for a foreseeable future. All right. Uh, great job, Jake. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, big thanks to Blue Wire Podcasts uh, and everybody over there. For Jake Burns, my name is Brad Ward. Go Browns. Go Browns.